and uh, we kind of threw in a quick run up here because Honey Rock Camp has graciously housed some of my junk for a really long time. And they, they finally said, we need the space, can you please move it out? So, it was perfect timing because Noah and his fiance Jill are getting married in December and a lot of the stuff is just going right down and put into their place. So, really excited about that. We are. Thanks. Are you the one behind it now? Uh, you know, it, it's amazing uh, <clears throat> all the things that we collect, and it's really worth nothing, right? It, we haven't had it for 20 years, and when you get there and you start sorting through things, you're like, well, I don't want to give that away. You're like, I haven't seen it for 20 years. <laughs> Why does that matter, right? But it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, if you don't know, uh, like Pastor said, Amy and I are uh, your missionaries to the, to the Czech Republic and Central Eastern Europe. Uh, we've been over there for 20 years come this February, but we actually left Three Lakes EFC 20 years ago this month. Uh, pretty amazing. Uh, it's kind of a shocking number, <laughs> actually, and the white and gray tells you that it's true. <clears throat> but one of the things that's always, always uh, a privilege is coming home to our home church here, and uh, you definitely see me get emotional about that because uh, we know that we're very loved and that you guys pray for us, uh, that we're not forgotten. 20 years on the mission field, that it's easy to just to forget and go, yeah, they're over there. But we, we hear often from many of you, and it just really blesses our hearts. Um, I was excited this morning to get the privilege of doing the sermon, and uh, part of it's because, and and for those of you that know me, I am a simple guy. I kind of preach on the same thing all the time, and and the reason for that is because that's what I need so that I understand it. You know, the Lord has to just keep punching that home for me, but one of the things that has really been stirred in my heart in the last several years, and uh, in in my heart, in my life, in Josiah Venture, and that is, what does it actually mean to be a disciple of Christ? Um, I've talked to, you know, we have 350 staff in JV, and I spend time talking with many of them, and I ask that question, uh, okay, so can you tell me what it means to be a disciple of Christ? And if you understand what it means to be a disciple of Christ, what are you passing on? How are you developing another disciple of Christ that can grow up and be mature enough to develop another disciple of Christ so that we see generations of people coming to Christ and being raised up and matured in Christ. And usually what I get is kind of a blank stare and answers like, well, I they, they probably need to read the Bible. They need to pray. Um, they need to serve. Um, Worship is probably good. And it's it's kind of random. And and a lot of times when I talk with people making a disciple, like actually being someone who's walking with somebody making a disciple, it's it's kind of hit or miss. I don't know how it is for you, but it's just kind of like, I hope what I'm doing is okay. I hope it actually produces a mature believer. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm trying. 
And so one of the things that we've been doing in JV is uh, just going back to the Word and going, okay, how do we break this down to where it really makes sense and we can see young people understand what it means to be a disciple and then start walking their friends uh, through that process. And so we call it the five challenges of Christ. So when you look when you look in the New Testament and you look and see what God uh, did through Jesus' ministry and how he, how he matured his disciples, we wanted to follow that example. So I'm going to give you the five challenges right now. Write them down because it will be helpful for you to answer my questions later. Um, so the first one is come and see. Okay? Uh, people need to come and see uh, who Jesus is. Uh, if if it really is true that he does something, he's worth having in our life. He's worth following. He's worth committing to. Uh, they need to come and see uh, love for one another in the body of Christ. They need to come and see who Jesus Christ is. And a lot of times, uh, at least for me, I skip over that. I go, hopefully they come to church and then I can talk to them there. Instead of inviting people to come and see Jesus. And part of that inviting people to come and see Jesus is I go to a birthday party or I go someplace where I, I build relationships with unbelievers. I don't just have relationships with believers only. Like they're, they're, the light of the world has to shine through. Okay? So that first first challenge that Jesus said... and you know, in, in uh, John, it, it shows up when John the Baptist is baptizing, Jesus comes, and then John is talking about uh, there's a lamb, uh, lamb of God. And he said two disciples heard him said that, and then they went, hey, uh, where are you going, Jesus? And he said, oh, come and see. So, and he said, then they spent all day talking about things together. And that's what we want to see is that people that don't know Christ are, are able to look in and see what's happening in a transparent way in our life and that Jesus really makes a difference. Okay, I'm going to give you all five, and then I, I have a special guest that I'm going to ask to come up and, and share something. Uh, the second one is, the second challenge is repent and believe. You heard Jesus do that several times. You need to repent and believe. Okay? The third challenge, he said, follow me. The fourth challenge, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And the fifth challenge is, go and bear much fruit. I send you, go and bear much fruit. Okay? So come and see, repent and believe, follow me, follow me and fish for men, and go and bear much fruit. Those are the five challenges. So what I thought would be kind of cool today is I've got Noah and Jill here, and they've both been interns uh, with Josiah Venture, and I wanted them to share some come and see uh, stories about people that young people that have come to camps or that they've encountered while they were over there, and just to see what it's like to invite people in to see Jesus in your life. So Jill, you want to come up first? And Noah, you can come up too. Give her support. Hi. 
Um, so I'm going to talk about a girl, Marky, at our third camp of the summer, our third and last camp of the summer. And this week was kind of a bummer for me. I had recently suffered a concussion, so I felt kind of like useless all week. I wasn't able to engage with students a whole lot. So that was definitely on my heart that I wasn't able to have these, these come and see conversations where I could invite these students in to hear more of the gospel and want the gospel and want to hear more about Jesus. So actually it was halfway through the week and we were over at sports time and I was feeling kind of sick. So I decided to walk back through the woods, back to camp so I could go lay down. And as I'm walking, someone runs up next to me and it was a girl, Marky, and I hadn't talked to her yet at camp. And she was like, hi, can I walk with you? I was like, of course. So I started making small talk and I asked her, you know, what do you like to study in school? And do you have any siblings that could come to camp next year? And she said, I kid you not, she said, I really like science. No, I don't have any siblings. What is appealing to you about God? And I was like, oh, oh, okay. And my heart started beating really fast. I was like, this is it. This is the, like, this is why I came. This is the kind of conversation that can lead to so many beautiful things. And we just kind of started talking. She said, you know, you're young and, like, you're happy and you don't seem like you need religion. So why did you choose it? Like, what's good about God? And we ended up talking for literally three hours until the evening. Like, we skipped dinner. We sat up in my room and ate snacks because people had been bringing me snacks because I was sick. And we just talked, and we talked about everything. And she shared in her life that she had had a really awful past with guys who treated her terribly and drugs and alcohol. And she had sought all those things and found nothing and she knew that there was something more that she needed, mm-hmm. and that's what she was seeking. And it was, I mean, amazing conversation. It's tough because I didn't go back, you know, this summer. I haven't ever seen her again. I don't know where the, those conversations led, but her best friend actually became a Christian at camp and was baptized at church the next Sunday. So that's something that I prayed for this whole past year, that he would keep pouring into her and he would bring her to church, and she would keep asking these questions because she had some like really seriously good questions about, you know, like how does God fit into the world? Like how can you see God in the world? And like what does he do in your life personally? And like how does he change you? And how do, how are you different than people at my high school who treat me terribly? And I mean, yeah, the, that conversation is one of the most memorable things of the summer and just how God was able to use me when I felt so weak to still bring somebody in, just a young girl who had a simple question. What's good about God and <laughs> it's beautiful definitely so my story I was it was day one of camp and um, I was in the bathroom brushing my teeth and one of the students walks in and I felt God calling my heart to ask him about God and ask him what he thinks about God and I was like I'm in the bathroom he's in the bathroom I don't really want to strike up a conversation right now um, but I did and one question, I just remember asking him, what do you think about God? And the first thing he said was, uh, I think he's real. I want a relationship with him, but I don't really know how to get a relationship with him. Could you help me? I was like, oh, that makes it very easy for me just to share a little bit about God with this student. Um, and so I asked him one more question. Would you like to have a relationship with him right now and accept him into your heart? And he's like, I would love that. So um, after we were done brushing our teeth, uh, we headed down to the main room and spent some time praying and um, 
it was just cool to see that God only uses me. God only uses me. He already has a plan. He already has, um, he's already working in the hearts of those students and just used me to ask one question. So it was really cool to see his, his glory shine through in that. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's even anybody in here today that's in that come and see zone where you go. Actually, I I keep running into believers. I'm trying to find out if what what they say about Jesus is actually true. And I I just want to encourage you keep looking, keep keep asking people. Uh, see if you can get invited over for lunch or or dinner or something somebody's house and ask some of these hard questions. Uh, there's there's no shame in that, and that that's as believers that's what we need to be opening up our our house and our families for. Um, I think the other the other huge thing with the come and see, uh, especially if you're if you are a believer, uh, and you look you look at the lost and what Jesus says about the lost. One of the things that I I'm really challenging our staff on is writing down five to ten people that you know don't know Jesus and praying for them daily. And asking God that He gives you a burden for their souls, that you actually see them through the eyes of Christ. Uh, and, and, and not just every once in a while pray for them, but actually commit to daily praying for them and pray for opportunities to share the gospel with them. Uh, I know in my life when I've done that, uh, I have never had a shortage of opportunities and even crazy ones like these two have talked about where they just go, hey, uh, tell me about Jesus. Uh, and, and this is really important in that come and see. How, how are they going to hear if, if we're not sent? How are they going to hear if, if somebody doesn't go and actually share the gospel with them? So that's come and see. The repent and believe. Uh, one of the things that has uh, hit Amy and I, and I think we've shared this with you before, is it's, it gets really easy to kind of sit back and um, I don't want to say get lazy, but maybe that's okay. Uh, but just not actually ask people if they want to give their life to Christ. So we've shared how much Jesus meant to us and what he's done in our life, and then we just let it hang there. Instead of going, is that something that you want to do? Would you like to... Uh, give your life to Jesus. Do you understand what it means to repent of your sins and and believe in Him? And it's it's actually one of the things uh, in JV with our staff that we're we're working hard on because uh, it's shocking when you actually ask somebody. Uh, most of the time, you get even if they say no, they usually want to know more. And so it's one of the things that I'd love to challenge you with is. Don't don't sit back and go. Hopefully, you know the Holy Spirit does something in them and they find Jesus. I think a lot of that's our responsibility to to bring that challenge of repentance and belief. Okay. Uh, the the third. What was it? Follow me. Follow me. So what happens when somebody becomes becomes a believer? Um, what do you think are the basic things that they need to know so that they can begin to grow 
and develop and become a mature believer? What are some ideas? Excellent. So let's let's just think of a baby. Baby comes home. What what are the things that mom and dad have to do for the baby? Feed them. Clean them. Love them. Okay, that's a good one. Thank you. Yeah, burp them. Okay, I've got to figure out how to fit that one in. Uh, as a parent, you I you know I remember with our kids. I was so excited when they started learning to talk. I was excited when they started learning how to walk. Definitely excited when they learned how to clean themselves, right? I, you know, I'm sure we have a picture of that day when they all figured that one out. Um, the other thing that, that, that our children needed is to understand their identity. They needed to know their name, who they were. They were in Ellenwood. What does it mean to be in Ellenwood? And, I, I take those things and I go, it's exactly the same thing that we need in our spiritual life as a new believer to start growing up. So I need to learn how to walk. I need to learn how to walk in obedience to God's Word. Right? So I don't need to just read it and go, ah, that's nice, sit in church, nod, and then leave. I need to read it and go, I'm going to be a doer of the Word. So I've read this, Lord. I'm freaked out of my mind to do it, and I'm going to obey. Here we go. And I start taking these obedient steps, right? And and a little kid, when they're learning to walk, uh, they don't get up and walk perfectly right away. Uh, they're crawling, they're balancing, they're falling. And I think it's the same for us as as new believers, uh, learning to talk, prayer, and sharing the gospel. Uh, how do we talk to our Father? Uh, how do we actually share the good news that that saved us? Uh, it, it's always amazing to me when I talk with believers and I go, you know, how do you share the gospel? I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure what that is. Uh, how did you get saved then? Right? And I think it's something that we've really got to make sure that we're going to, back to the basics and saying, I understand what the gospel is. I understand what it means to be saved, how to repent, believe in Jesus. Right? So, walking, talking, cleaning confessing sin and asking for forgiveness and forgiving others. That's a big one for a new believer. I would dare to guess it's a big one for older believers. <laughs> and and those two those two pieces, the confession and the forgiveness, uh, it just keeps a short list. It keeps us fresh in our relationships with one another and with God. Knowing our identity in Christ, knowing our name is super important. Ephesians 1, right? Did I leave one out? Walk, talk, clean. Yeah, I'm not doing burp, Eric. I'll have to think of something later. Um, <clears throat> I want, uh, Amy, Amy's been discipling a young believer in Christ and I want her to come up and just share what it's been like. And to talk about these different zones of just these basic things that if, if a, if a, a baby believer doesn't get them, they'll never be able to reproduce another believer. Right? It just, they just get stuck. They end up just sitting in church and never engaging in making another disciple. 
for the past year, I've had the privilege of walking with a young mom that I met because of the team that you all sent to serve uh-huh. with us at, at Selah. Um, her dad was running the backhoe. Maybe some of you who are up there remember him. And told her, there's a bunch of Americans, and they're really loving and kind. You should come up here and meet them. And so she came up and met Mel, and Mel introduced her to me. And I started a relationship with her. Um, she's married to an Irish guy, and so that's why the attraction of these Americans was um, drawing her. Uh, we started having coffee and having conversations about her marriage and about life. And then I asked her if she'd want to start doing a Bible study with me and learn more about what I believed. And she said, no, I don't think I'm ready for that. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but about three months later, she called me again and said, my marriage is falling apart. Will you come and go for a walk with me? And we took a long walk, and she said, I think I'm ready to start learning about what you believe. So last summer, we went to a Bible study and looked at the book of John and who Jesus is. And I had a front row seat to watching our Savior woo this, this hurting, broken young woman uh, to himself. And she put her faith in Christ in August last year. And since then, um, I keep thinking about this verse in Psalm 119 that says, The unfolding of your word gives light. I've been watching the Spirit unfold his word, the word to her. And it's giving light to every area of her life. Her husband's having an affair. He's asked her for a divorce. And she is filled to overflowing with love for him and forgiveness and wants him to know Jesus. This summer she took their little boy to Ireland to be with his family because I told her that sometimes all it takes is one person in a family who believes in Jesus to change a whole family system. So she said, I'm that one person. I have to go be salt and light. So she went to her husband's family for two weeks and wrote me every day and said, I'm praying, I'm showing them the light, I'm, I'm believing that Jesus is using me. Um, she's learning to walk. She's learning to talk. She's learning to clean herself. She's learning all of these things as we look at God's Word together. But two weeks ago, one of the things Mel and I shared with her is we believe she's the man of peace in her village. She lives a couple, about a half hour away from me. And we believe God's positioned her in a place of great influence and wants to use her to win many to Christ in this village. And she's had a really hard time believing that. But last week, she keeps telling me, everybody keeps coming to me saying, what's different about you? You've changed. We don't understand. She's telling them about Jesus. But last week, the mayor's daughter came to her and said, I don't know what it is with you, but there's something so different. I've had a Bible for years, but I, I'm, I've started reading it. And Martina said to me, I think it's time. We need to do a study with her now. So I'm watching her now start to think past the fact that she's a follower of Christ, but about making followers of Christ. And she's only been in Christ for a year. And I think I I kind of thought that was something that was impossible. But I've got a front row seat to watching God do this in somebody's life and continuing to put these challenges in front of her with faith that God's working and it's not up to me, it's his work. I just get the privilege of being part of it as he uses me. So, um, yeah, it's been really thrilling to watch. And I am, I am realizing afresh how important it is to put these challenges in front of people. And, and not just be a disciple, 
who follows Jesus, but to make disciples who know how to make disciples. Because she's going to reach many people that I never could as she continues to follow. One of the things that um, I've, that's really touched me in, in looking at the five challenges of Christ, and I don't even know if, if Noah knows this, but when he was an intern this summer, uh, the leader of the, the, the ministry in Croatia was taking them through their team through the five challenges of Christ. And it was interesting to me, uh, Noah's been a believer a good amount of time for his life, majority of the time for his life. And um, as they went through it, uh, what John told me was that uh, Noah said, hey, I, I thought for a long time I was in uh, follow me and fish for men or go and bear much fruit. And what I'm realizing is there are areas in follow me some of those basic things that I didn't learn well. And I'm, I'm running into them as I try to, to share the gospel because I don't know how to do it. I don't have the word in my heart the way I need it. And, and you know, actually going and saying, I actually need to go back to the basics and really work on these so that I can become a mature believer in Christ that can make disciples who make disciples. Does that make sense? And that that's really touched me because I think a lot of times um, it's super easy to think I've been a Christian a long time, therefore I'm a mature believer, and it's just not. It, 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 those things don't have to be true together. I know a lot of people that have known Jesus and given their life to Jesus and then never went past just knowing it. And and to me, if you're if you you know, what does Matthew twenty eight twenty eight say at the end there where he says, Go and make disciples of all nations, uh, baptizing and teaching them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? Go and make disciples. It wasn't like, Hey, if you like it or if it's comfortable for you or if I've gifted you that way, go do it. It it's really a command to all of us who believe. And uh, that's always been a huge challenge for me because uh, I think, uh, I mean, you guys know I've been a youth pastor, I've been a missionary, and I'm still running into areas in my life where I go, uh, I'm afraid, and because I'm afraid, I'm not, I'm not actually going to go, I'm not going to obey. And and then what starts happening is I just start sitting in the pew, and I listen, and I go away, and I don't do anything. Uh, challenge for follow me and fish for men is actually a really interesting challenge because it's when Jesus took his disciples on like six six mission trips, uh, fishing trips. And if you read through the New Testament and look it up where he starts taking his disciples on trip, you know, he takes them to the foreigners, he takes them to Peter's mom's house and heals her and then the neighbors come around and he heals them and he goes into the synagogue to the religious uh, and he's he's taking them to all these different places saying I, I'm teaching you how to fish for men and one of the most interesting things for me and and it's it's kind of exploded my mind lately is that in this fourth challenge of fishing for men 
most of the challenge is like spiritual weightlifting. Okay, uh, if if you've ever done any weightlifting or like exercise, I don't like it, but I've done it for long enough to make some kind of difference. Uh, but one of the things that, that you have to do is you have to put your muscles under the strain of something. And the more you do that, the stronger they get. And then you're able to stand up underneath greater weight, right? And in the same way, uh, in this, in this uh, fourth challenge of follow me and fish for men, it's actually what James is talking about. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. But that endurance have its perfect result that you may be lacking in nothing. That's the, there we go. We're working these spiritual muscles so that we can stand, so that we can obey. Um, I think when you see Christians in challenge four, follow me and fish for men, uh, you see God pruning things in their life. You see... Uh, that that these believers are willing to sacrifice their life for God. So they put things aside. They they seem to be less selfish. They they start saying, not my will, but your will. And they they stand in the storm. And what what this is this is what God wants them to learn standing in the storm is you are enough. All the circumstances, everything that looks crazy, horrible, it's all going to kill me. I'm in your hands and you're enough. So I can stand here and even, even if my life is taken, you still have me. And there's something about that when you see that click in the disciples of Christ, you start seeing them, uh, Walk around in powerful ways. Thousands of people coming to Christ. The people are being healed. And they're, they're stepping into zones where, you know, the, the religious authorities, the government authorities are coming and saying, you've got to quit talking that way. Quit preaching. And what do they say? <laughs> uh, nope. Just, you, even if you kill us, even if you put us in jail, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep going. And, and this is the this is the part for me that I think is really uh, is really dangerous, and and that is uh, Martina, the girl that that Amy's walking with. Uh, I I think she's getting ready to step into Challenge Four, and when she steps into it, it it's going to get a lot worse for her. And as it gets worse. Uh, what Amy is going to be doing is hooking her arm in hers and going, God is enough. Let's keep walking. He can do it. Uh, he'll provide. He'll, he'll be your, your sustenance. He'll be the one that can stand here, right? And, and when she comes out on the other side, who is she? She is a, a fully mature woman of God that knows how to be obedient no matter what the storm is, right? Um, I heard I heard uh, a guy preach on this, and he said he believes that a large majority of people in church stepped into Challenge Four, felt the pressure, and said, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm back at three. And here's here's the dangerous part of that: 
And maybe you're one of those people. And here's the dangerous part of being a challenged tree. Just follow me without stepping into challenge four and saying, uh, I'm going to obey no matter the cost. Jesus, you're enough no matter what. Is that when you slide back into three, then what happens? It's like um, uh, we used to tell our kids prolonged. No, what is it? Delayed obedience is disobedience. Right? And, and as believers, we're saying, uh, it's too hard, it's too hard, it's too hard, it's too much pressure, I'm just going to come back here and sit and listen and just take it in. And Jesus is saying, I want you to go through this storm because when you get out on the other side, you're going to have the muscles to stand and to actually go into territory that I want you to go in and bring life. But if you're not strong enough, if you don't have those faith muscles, you're not going to be able to go where I want you to go. And today, uh, I, I have to say that, that I've been in that place where I've, even as a missionary, I've just slid back to three and said this is more comfortable here. I'm tired of being in, in, the, in the storm. And uh, I was just in Lithuania last weekend, and I was with uh, five youth workers and a pastor. And uh, we made a list of all the, all the reasons why why they are all staying in Challenge 3. And it was a long list. And at the end of the list, I said, um, you guys, you, you gave your life to Jesus, right? And they're like, yes. And I said, what is it worth to you to know that you're saved by grace? What is it worth to you? And they sat there for a long time, and the pastor said, it, it's worth my life. And I said, you I, I hear you saying that. But are you really going to put that into practice? Because if you put that into practice, uh, you're going to see God do amazing things around you because now uh, nothing can harm you. Uh, even if death comes, you're following Jesus and He can do and put you in places that nobody else will go and you're going to see Him do work and miracles that that you are dying to see but because you're disobedient, you'll never see. And I think of Three Lakes and Eagle River, and I go, oh man, there are some places that need the light of Jesus here. There's families that need, that are just hurting beyond belief. They're waiting for somebody to step in there. But a lot of Christians aren't going to step in there because they don't think they have enough to, to help them. And so you have to work those faith muscles out. You have to be somebody that says, I'm willing to step into challenge for, I'm going to learn how to fish for men, and I know that the storm's going to come. I often think of Peter when, when uh, Jesus says, step out of the boat. I'm thinking, what in the heck? And he did it. And he faltered. And he started sinking. But he stepped out. And and I, I wonder today, uh, I wonder today where you're at in, in these five challenges. And I wonder if, if you're here and you're in the come and see, uh, don't stop. Keep seeking. Ask questions. And you know what? Uh, 
give your life to Jesus. It is, it's not the easiest thing, but it is amazing to feel complete freedom to have all your sins washed away. Uh, if you're a believer and you're, t- you're sharing the gospel, but you're not actually asking people if they want to make a, a commitment to repent and believe, uh, start putting that into practice. Don't leave a conversation just half done. If you're a believer and you're in, you're in challenge three, follow me. Uh, go through that list and go, do I actually understand how to study the Word so that I can eat the food myself and, and understand what the Bible's saying and the Spirit speaking to me? Am I able to walk in obedience? Am I able to pray? Am I able to share the Gospel? Am I able, do I know who I am in Christ? Do I confess my sin to Him? And do I forgive others? You know what? The amazing thing is the people that I see that go into that zone and come out the other side, all of a sudden what happens is they begin to shepherd people through that process and you just see people coming to the Lord, coming through the process and really understanding who they are and then them being able to do it themselves. There's a girl, her name is Marushka, and I'll end with this. Uh, Her name is Marushka, she's in Slovakia. And uh, I would say she's the best disciple maker I think I've ever met. And she, she has, there are literally hundreds of people that are fully matured disciples because she discipled a few and, and it just kept building. They understood how to do it and they kept doing it. And it just keeps growing and keeps growing. She's a humble girl. She's, she's probably late late 20s, early 30s, and she just plugs away at it. But she understood uh, right from the beginning that she had to be a mature believer to to help somebody else. These guys in Lithuania, uh, the problem they were running into is the church is dying. And they said, we don't know why it's dying. And when we started talking, it's dying because they're not sharing the faith with anybody. The whole church isn't. And until they, until they actually practice and start putting into practice what they were learning, it's just going to keep going that way. And so I'm looking at you guys, and I want to stop and pray for you and just ask God. Uh, don't be ashamed if you're if you're old and you go, oh man, I need to go back to chair three and get the study of God's word really down so I'm I understand it and I'm obeying. Do it. Uh, no shame in that. Okay. Can I pray for you? Thanks for not falling asleep. Father, uh, we are your disciples. And Lord, we want to see disciples who make disciples of you in your image. And uh, I have to confess that uh, for many years I was uh, maybe even making disciples of me. But Lord, I just ask today that as each person sits here and they think about these four, these five challenges. I pray that your Holy Spirit would really point to the one and go, this is where you're at, and this is what I want you to do to grow and grow out of that and be, be a, a fully matured believer that can reproduce uh, and, and that we will see Eagle River and Three Lakes taken because 
uh, people are sharing the gospel. They are challenging people to repent and believe. They are uh, fishing for men. They're, they're opening their homes. They're stepping into situations that are dark. Uh, they're, they're not hiding. They're not just sitting in pews and saying that's enough. Jesus, we know that uh, uh, your heart breaks for this area. And uh, we ask that, I ask that every person here would see the people they come in contact with daily through new eyes, through your eyes, that they would have a deep compassion and burden for their souls, and that they would, uh, they would uh, work their faith muscles out and believe what you say in your word is true, and that they find that you are a good father that gives good gifts and loves uh, loves your children, and you help us along the way. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.